0: Linda Ballesteros.
1: Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros and I am your host today. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm always honored when someone carves some time out of their busy day to spend with me. So today we're going to be talking about the home maintenance and improvement industry. I recently read an article that said the U.S maintenance and improvement industry, the U.S. home maintenance and improvement industry, is stronger than it has been in over 10 years. Now, if you're listening to this show uh, in the recording format, it is June the 22nd of 2021. The article went on to say, with a national shortage of housing and record high home prices, more homeowners prefer to stay in their property versus move or upgrade to new ones. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today with Jeff Love and John Gerber with Home Smiles. Jeff is CEO and founder of Home Smiles franchise and John is Chief Revenue Officer. Home Smiles is the world's most innovative property maintenance Franchise. How very interesting and timely, gentlemen. Thank you so much for being on the show.
2: Thank you very much, Linda. We're honored to be here. Thank you for having us.
1: Oh, Good absolutely. Morning, thank
2: you very much.
1: Absolutely, guys. Uh, so, Jeff, tell me a little bit about where did this idea of Home Smiles come from, and what's that your background,
2: Linda? Uh, the, my background is that of an attorney, so I am a practicing real estate attorney for over 20 years, and I started, like all attorneys, as a junior associate in a law firm, and I grew, to become the, grew up to become the chair of the real estate department at an international law firm, and then after another four or five years or so, was elected to the managing partner of that law firm. And I loved every minute of that. Along the way, I had the opportunity to represent hundreds of clients uh, along the way. Uh, And as part of that process, one of my jobs along the way was to read all of what the attorneys refer to as advance sheets. And so we're constantly looking at all of the cases that come down from the California appellate courts, uh, from our Ninth District Circuit Court of Appeals, and all of those cases, we're looking at those to see how we need to advise our clients to regarding liability and things along those lines. Simultaneously with all of that, I am what my, my wife refers to as a real estate orphan. Uh, my father was a developer. My mother was a 30-year-plus broker. And so I grew up in and around real estate. My parents had a, a family portfolio, so to speak, that they ran, And as I was growing up, they would involve me in running that family portfolio. So as a practicing attorney, I'm looking at the advance sheets from the perspective of not only my clients and how best to represent them, but also from my family and myself. Along the way, I started buying real estate. I was literally... mowing lawns and cleaning gutters and taking care of properties and doing everything I needed to do to save money. I bought my first rental property for myself when I was 19 years old. And, uh, by the age of call it 40, I had nearly 40 properties that I was, I had acquired and I was taken care of in conjunction with reading all those advance sheets. I got to the point, Linda, where I literally couldn't sleep. There was so much litigation coming down the pipe, not only in California, but in all states. Uh, The bottom line is that every person that owns a piece of rental property has an obligation to maintain it and keep it safe for the occupants. If you're managing property for other people, you have a further obligation, and that is to protect the property against deferred maintenance. And so in conjunction with that, I saw an opportunity to create a company that addressed those two specific prongs number one Mm -hmm. avoid deferred maintenance and number two keep the occupants safe obviously i I was doing it a little bit out of self-interest at the time i needed to solve for x for myself and so i started putting a list together and, and and putting the pieces together we came up with an 18 point package that will effectively apply to any piece of real estate and one of the things we like to say here is that literally every rooftop is a client Every single rooftop mm-hmm. that you see as a client, every single piece of property needs maintenance, and to mm-hmm. keep the occupants safe.
1: Mm-hmm. I I love how you have it um, you have it down to a system, a formula, and I want to hear more about that. But John, I want to ask you what what were you attracted to when you were introduced to Home Smiles? Why did you decide this was going to be a good fit for you?
3: Uh, I was at Stanford University at the time managing 300-plus buildings, and uh, Jess and I had been friends for, I think, about eight or ten years. And he talked to me about the concept of bundled services in the property maintenance world. And I'm I'm a licensed electrician. I'm a licensed plumber. I've been a field technician, and the idea of preventative maintenance is really underserved in the maintenance world and seeing that opportunity to bundle services like every other company or industry that has started to bundle services, it just made sense. And I saw a a big opportunity um, to try a new concept, and that was kind of my impetus to make the change, get out of Stanford, and start with HomeSmile.
1: No, uh, that, that is the way so many businesses start is that the founder um, has a need and they can't find the solution. And so that's exactly what you did, Jeff. is you had a need. You didn't want to cut grass for 40 houses. You didn't want to do all of that, but it still needed to be done. And what I love that you're doing is so much – beyond a handyman service because a handyman service comes and repairs what I ask him to repair. But tell me a little bit more, Jess, about how that 18-point checklist came about because I think that's a brilliant idea.
2: Well, thank you, Linda. I greatly appreciate that. Uh, the 18-point checklist arose from two primary prongs. One was simply personal experience in the real estate industry. When you're managing, you know, at present, you know our company manages 500-plus units in Silicon Valley. And like I, I say to people all the time, buying a piece of property is kind of a lot like having a kid, right? Uh, you need to take care of it. You need to maintain it. And, you know, there's an old adage in real estate, you take care of your property now and it will take care of you later. And so part of it is just comes from that. When you have pulled out your checkbook and written checks to pay for $50,000 for a uh, stucco wall failure because of gutter overruns, when you have written checks for $5,000 to pay for failed boilers, when you have... And I can go on and on and on with these mm-hmm. stories. You get the idea. Mm-hmm. You very quickly become you very quickly become attuned to the cost of deferred maintenance. Right? Mm-hmm. You're going to pay for it one way or the other. So you can either perform deferred uh, de- perform maintenance on your property to avoid the cost of deferred maintenance, or you can simply write a check later on for the costs that are incurred by deferred maintenance. So many, many items on our 18 point list came from that. Simply put, flushing water heaters, uh, cleaning gutters, um, snaking drains, things along those lines. The other bundle, as I mentioned, came from experience as a practicing attorney and concerns related to litigation. And I'll briefly drill down there. When I mentioned previously that I was having trouble sleeping, I was not over-exaggerating in any way, shape, or form. The cases that were coming down the pipe from the appellate courts that I was briefing my clients on were cases related to carbon alarm failures in a building. Mm. If somebody... Mm. Uh, smoke alarm failures in a building, slip and falls in garages because they haven't been pressure washed for extended periods of time. Just taking the carbon and the smoke alarms, those are the most egregious, of course. Uh, If there is a carbon event or a fire event and those devices have not been not only checked and tested and logged, what happens is it becomes a very easy takedown for the plaintiff's attorney. And I'm obviously exaggerating, Linda, but it literally goes something like this. The plaintiff's attorney simply places the fire expert on the stand and says, Mr. Fire Expert, but for the defendant's failure to check these carbon and or smoke alarms on a regular basis and ensure that they were functional, would lives have been saved here? Mm -hmm. And the expert says, Yes, of course, and literally and it's these all cases were. And it's all <laughs> and over. it's all that's over it. at that point, I mean, right? <laughs> that's it. And now, basically, what's happening is the jury is just deliberating, you know, as to how much. And these yep. cases were in excess of thirty million dollars, and then you know remitted or down by the courts to you know high twenty millions. But when you're looking at numbers that large, again, in the same way that you're looking at deferred maintenance, you realize we built these companies, we own these properties, they might be family legacy properties or something that you've worked very hard to obtain some rental property portfolio for yourself. You've got to be attuned to that. And so the 18-point list arose out of those two buckets. One, Mm -hmm. experience in the real estate industry, and two, experience as a practicing attorney.
1: So, Jeff, tell me, how does that work? Does your company provide the service on a quarterly basis you just go around and you do that 18 point checklist how exactly does
2: that work another great question Linda the in in if somebody asks me how often do i need to perform this i literally tell them if you're performing an 18 point service on your property on an annual basis you're ahead of 90% of the people out there mm-hmm. you're doing mm-hmm. a great job and the reason why is you know for example, your gutters. You clean them once a year, you're in good shape. Your water heater, you flush it once a year, you're in good shape. Your drains, et cetera, and I could go all the way down the list. If you do it once a year, that's more than enough. Having said that, we do have some clients that wanted some election. They wanted some selectivity. They wanted some options. And so John did an excellent job of breaking down our sales pipeline into three primary products. So we have our 18-point service, We also have an interior service, an exterior service, and an a la carte menu. So if you, we do have clients, Linda, that say, hey, I would like to have the interior services done in the spring so that the the tenant base feels like we're giving them some attention, and we'd like to have the exterior service performed in the fall, right, when all the, the, the very last leaf has fallen from the tree. And Mm -hmm. so the clients do have options in those regards. And then we also do a la carte services for, we we will do, for example, just dryer vents, carbon, smoke, and uh, drain snaking for entire, like, 500-unit complexes. So the client Mm -hmm. can come to us and and actually choose from our a la carte menu and then get bundled pricing on that as well. So, Jess,
1: you're telling me this is not just
2: for single-family homes, then? No, absolutely. And that was kind of, you know, that was a big aha moment for us, Linda, for sure, is that we were looking at this from the perspective when the company started of uh, servicing the same set of problems that, that our real estate property management company had, which was effectively outsourcing and processing the you know all the way on all the way off creating a process that we never had to worry about litigation issues again we never had to worry about deferred maintenance issues again basically creating a complete process uh, for maintenance and so we brought that to the market thinking it would simply be for property management companies with single-family homes what we very quickly found was that this applied to effectively four different markets and i'll briefly overview them Um, And that is property management companies for their single-family home inventory but also for their apartment inventory and also for their high-rise inventory. We have uh, multiple clients where we will do, you know, 50-unit, 100-unit high-rises where we'll go through all of the apartments in that building. So property management companies, facilities managers are a big one as well because they have the same need for maintenance. And this is, you know, we highlight this all the time. Every rooftop is a client. You know, if you imagine yourself flying into Phoenix or flying into Houston or flying into Dallas, as you're coming in and you're coming in for a landing, you look down at all those rooftops, all those rooftops need maintenance in some form or fashion. So property management companies, facilities managers, real estate brokers are a big one, and I'll set that aside for just a second. And then obviously your single family uh, mom and pop that, you know, they don't want to do it anymore. Uh, Either that or they're too busy, right? The demographics of this company uh, are such that, you know, I'm 50 years old. I'm busy talking, appearing on your radio show. show, Mm -hmm. I've got bigger fish to fry than doing my own gutters. A lot Mm -hmm. of the younger generation, they were never trained how to do that. Uh, And then my mom and dad, they're not going to get up on a ladder anymore. And so the demographics of this company uh, are really prime for what we're doing in the marketplace.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see that. So gentlemen, let's now talk a bit about what that franchise opportunity looks like. Um, I don't have any training in real estate and I don't have um, a lot of knowledge on how to what to look for around a house. So are you looking for prospective franchisees who have experience in the housing industry
3: uh, through our sales or through our training that we have at Home Smiles, almost anybody can come in and learn what needs to be uh, to be a successful franchise. Um, there's we, we say this isn't rocket science. What we're doing, it's um, All the equipment that we deal with is typically accessible. And, uh, again, through the the training that we have, we can walk through every building and explain to them and teach them how to do it. Um, A good franchisee is someone who is inquisitive and wants to learn. Um, But there's nothing, you know, every building that was built was built by a human, and another human can take care of that building. And And Uh, It it can all be taught um, pretty, you know, within a couple weeks. uh, The general uh, teaching that happens gives you a very good foundation to go out and, you know, take care of every property that's out there. And if, you know, part of our sales center is uh, working with people to provide estimates uh, for different projects that come up that they're not sure how they can tackle them, and we we provide that support um, to get them to win the bid and you know get through that get through that bid successfully and profitably. Um, and we've done so many you know we've done numerous projects. Um, we have lots of bids that we've already you know, provided on our G Drive, and we can walk through you know every franchisee, um, almost every situation that's come up, and if it hasn't. If we haven't dealt with it yet, we, can, we have the team to figure it out on how to be successful.
1: So, John, tell me, when someone goes out, uh, one of your franchisees goes out to a property to um, assess the job and provide uh, an estimate, do you, how, how do they do that? Do you have a software that they work with? How do you help them through that?
3: Uh, for most of our most of our estimates are for larger projects. For the 18 point service, uh, all of the costs and estimating is based on square footage, so okay. we can easily find building square footage online, and that's pretty straightforward. For other projects that require estimating, it's again the at the sales center has. All the knowledge and all the you know previous estimates that we've provided, um, and we know how long it's going to take because it's it's a labor, it's a cost of labor. There's very little sure. material that's required. It's you know we have basically calculations of x number of square feet of let's just say a pressure washing the side of a building. We have a, a an estimating program that you you know how long it's going to take to do that project. Um, mm-hmm. And we have, mm-hmm. you know, if it's gutter cleaning, we can measure the gutters um, typically from Google Earth, um, and the same goes for window washing. It's uh, there's some calculations that we have that can put together an estimate quite quickly.
1: So now that the customer, or now that the franchisee has the business. Do you help them with retention? Because we all know that it's so hard to get that client, but, you know, the retention is, I say, it's the the magic dust to a business is to be able to retain your customers. So do you help them with the customer service and staying in touch and connecting to the community?
3: Great question, and I'm going to give Jess the credit for this. Um, Unlike a lot of other businesses out there like a roofing company or even a window installation company, our services are needed annually. And Mm -hmm. uh, Jess Jess knew that. That that was one of the conversations we had very early on um, is this is a, you know, we can build our client base on an annual basis. If we do a good job, they'll come back the next year. And mm-hmm. that's our number one uh, priority: is to do do a great job for our current customer. Because um, mm-hmm. you can't grow you can't grow if you have to get new customers every year. Um,
1: right.
3: We, we do have uh, we have an email campaign that goes out, and it's all automated. When a customer you know gets a service on July first, ten months later they get an email. Um, saying, "Hey, Home Funnels was out a year ago. Would you like to set up your appointment? We you save the time and date from last year? Would you like to you know, continue that service this year?" Um, and we see what's been amazing is the return rate of customers has been has been huge. I think it's over eighty mm-hmm. percent of our customers wow. come back here. And uh, I just took a call last week from somebody who, and they scheduled an appointment. Uh, the previous homeowner had brought HomeSmiles in to do a service, and they had that in their real estate, uh, the transaction. Oh, wow. And they saw saw that HomeSmiles was there, and they called us up, and um, they they continued with HomeSmiles, even though it's a different homeowner.
1: How nice. How nice. I love that. I love that. Okay, so, gentlemen, you're going to have to answer the question, and everybody does, how were you impacted (laughs) by COVID? That's the that's the elephant in the room, right? So, how were you guys impacted during twenty
2: twenty? I'll take that one. Um, twenty 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 was hard, uh, Linda. Yes. We're not going to lie to you. Uh yes. It was it was it was hard for multiple reasons. I, I think one of the major reasons it was it was difficult for us was we were seeing firsthand how much. Uh, many of our clients were suffering, uh, yeah. and that was hard. To, that was hard to watch. Um, as as we've discussed, the majority of our client base are property management companies and facilities managers, uh, and real estate agents and brokers. Uh, in in that context, property management companies were dramatically impacted either through uh, vacancies or rent roll reductions or for example here in California they had a rent moratorium uh, right. things along those lines it was very difficult for them to operate uh, facilities managers their facilities were empty uh, there were a tremendous amount of layoffs etc so from that perspective it was difficult to watch um, the the company in it, it itself actually had a fairly successful year our item 19 I think bears that out um, which obviously is, is public record and, and then the sales were strong and the profit margins were strong as well. Uh, w- speaking in regards to our recivity rate uh, and our return of, of clientele, John mentioned a number which was in excess of 80% uh, returning clients year after year. That number was actually much higher. Pre-COVID, it was in the 90th percentile. It has dropped. It dropped through COVID simply because we were unable to go into clients' homes. We were unable right. to go into rental properties. Um, the one interesting thing that did bear itself out uh, is the fact that the it became very clear to property managers and facilities managers that regardless of COVID they still had an obligation. They had a legal obligation to maintain the safety of those properties for the occupants. So they, they couldn't simply turn off their maintenance spend. There was a delay for sure. I would say those first three months, March, April, May, everybody was trying to figure out what to do. But then after that, um, you know, for the remainder of the year, uh, the, Uh, The property manager said, you know, regardless of COVID, we still have to come in and test these carbon and smoke alarms. Regardless of COVID, we still have to come in and perform maintenance issues to keep the property safe for the occupants. So Mm -hmm. there was an impact. Um, You know, if I'm being honest, as the CEO of the company, when COVID hit, I literally said, wow, wow. Uh, you know, Home Smiles is going to be, you know, extremely quiet for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And I was pleasantly surprised. I was pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, our item 19 bears that out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good to hear because um, so much of it is out of your control. And we certainly have, not in my lifetime ever witnessed anything like this. So I don't know, to be honest with you, that there was an industry or a business out there that wasn't impacted in one way or another. Uh, Gentlemen, I need to take a quick commercial break, but I tell you what, I love to hear stories. Would you happen to have a story you could share with us when we come back?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Wonderful.
1: Folks, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. We'll be back with more from Jess Love and John, and John Gerber.
3: Do you know a family fighting cancer? The Jess Foundation nonprofit was founded right here in Katy, Texas, by cancer survivor Michelle Perzan, whose vision is to assist those currently fighting by providing grants to help support family needs, whether spiritually, emotionally, or financially. Michelle and her family know all too well that there comes a time when the day-to-day needs we take for granted become impossible. Just Foundation has been able to bless 100% of the applications submitted, and now they need your help. Find out more by going to JustFoundation.org.
1: House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com.
0: Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballesteros is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come, contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at empowerfranchiseconsulting.com 832-640-4922. Hey folks, welcome back to All Things
1: Franchising. Linda Ballestetos here. And we are here with Just Love and John Gerber with Home Smiles. So um, when we broke for commercial break, guys, I asked if you happened to have a story that you could share with us.
2: I'll take I'll this. jump in there. Oh, fire away, John. You go ahead first. Uh, we had been working
3: with this one client who had a large number uh, of units uh, I think they had about 5,000 units, and we were working with them for two, three years, and uh, we ended up selling the franchise uh, for that area, and you know I did a handoff with the franchisee to the to the representative, and we've gotten a couple jobs from them. You know five, you know because they have 5,000 units, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, and we've got some $5,000 jobs, some $10,000 jobs with them. And I turned this over again. I turned the client over to the new franchisee, and within two months, something had changed. And our franchisee turned up the turned up the heat, and was getting twenty and thirty thousand dollar jobs every month wow. from the customer. And it's it, for my ego. Like my ego took a little bit of a hit. I'm like, what in the <laughs> world? Am I doing? I'm not. But it's uh, it, it was it was a great you know there's a million different ways to skin a cat and sure. our franchisee's approach to things was was just so you know he's such a genuine person um, he really connected with the client and has turned that into you know over you know by the end of this year it'll probably be a half a million dollars a year that he's going to do through no. that, with that company and no. I never. It, it made me, trust me, it made me feel good. aside from My ego aside, it felt great that uh, you know this one client can provide so much, and it's so eye-opening that's just one client, and they're not the yeah. largest real estate owner in the area. Um, but it just says that these companies, even large companies, need uh, our support and our product and our service. Um, yeah, that's definitely. It, just, it made me
1: feel wonderful. Sure. John, one of the things I failed to ask is, um, are there territories that are uh, awarded? How does that
3: work? Oh, let's just handle that.
2: <laughs> they always want to throw it to the attorney to answer these questions, Linda. I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, so, Linda, our territory size is 250000 demographics okay. or population um, mm-hmm. and they are awarded through a, a a fairly diligent process you know you as one of the top brokers in the industry very familiar familiar with that you know the process and mm-hmm. uh, we have a, a a three-part presentation that we go through and then I after the team has has vetted the candidate and we've reviewed their application their Oracle profiles they've been through the entire process We want to ensure that they're asking you know engaging diligent questions along the way uh you know as john said we can really teach anybody to to do this you know to run a home smiles franchise one of the things that we are looking for uh as we continue to grow is we're finding that teams are extremely effective right Mm -hmm. um sole proprietors are fine but the and and they can handle a two hundred fifty thousand uh demo territory no problem But the teams that have come on, the husband and wife teams, the brother and brother-in-law teams, you know, those types of teams uh, are growing very rapidly and acquiring additional territories and adding those to their franchise areas. And so now, you know, that's something that we're looking for. Um, But our demo size is 250000 for a territory.
1: And I'm glad you brought that up, Jeff, because many times when someone looks at a franchise opportunity... They may be a bit overwhelmed at the size of it, but it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be, you don't have to go into it alone. I love partnerships. I think partnerships are absolutely, um, sometimes it takes a business to a place that the single sole proprietor, the sole franchisee could never reach, don't you think?
2: Absolutely, and not only that, I would also say it's a lot more fun yeah right yeah, when yeah. that's what that's what we're seeing we're yeah. we're seeing you know some of our most successful franchises they've 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 came in with a partnership and now they have you know two bands or three bands, and so now they have yeah. six seven eight employees, and they're having. And we, you know, part of my job uh, as a CEO is also to do coaching of these franchises. And mm-hmm. so I'll meet with them on a monthly basis and say, okay, this is great. I love this. This is terrific. And let, what, how about adding this? You know, one of the, uh, you know, how about adding these team events? Let's add some, uh, you know, some confidence building events. Let's add, add some culture, you know all sorts of things. Um, and the franchise, you know, the franchises really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Now, Jess, you mentioned that you happen to have a story as well.
2: Oh, Linda, I have so many stories to tell. (laughs) Um, you know, I'm, literally I'm struggling here because there's, you know, there's quite a few of them, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tell, I'm going to share, you know, the two stories that, that, that really resonate with me and then I'll capstone that with, uh, with an experience that my daughter had, which really kind of drove it home for all of us here. Um, you know, the, the, the two stories for me that are about this company is as a, you know, one of them, this one's a little emotional, but as a practicing attorney, um, you know, one, I, uh, one of the cases that I had, a little girl got, got burned, uh, fairly severely in a, in a house fire uh, where a smoke alarm did not go off.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'll tell you that every day when I leave the office and I go home, I go home with that feeling of knowing that, you know, somewhere out there. I mean, we must check thousands of smoke alarms
1: mm-hmm.
3: in
2: conjunction with our service calls every month. And when I go home at night and I'm fallen off to sleep one of the last thoughts occasionally that runs through my brain is you know we're making homes safer across the country for everybody that lives there and that is that's an important piece for me um one of the uh another event that just happened a couple of months ago is uh, a franchisee reached out in conjunction with one of our coaching calls and he said uh he said hey as we were getting off the call from the coaching call, he said, hey, I want to share something with you, Jess. And I said, sure, what's going on? And he said, uh, <clears throat> I just put $5,000 in my home safe. And I said, wow, well, that's, that's great, buddy. Congratulations, I'm happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand what he was trying to tell me or where it was coming from. And, and I just said, well, that's, that's great, congratulations. And he said, no, I don't think you understand. And I said, uh, tell me more. He said, I put that home safe in my little home office about 10 years ago. I've never been able to put money away until now. So mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the final feel-good story, Linda, I'm going to leave you with, is uh, my daughter was uh, traveling with a friend in a, in, a, in, a, in a city in the United States, and, uh, and she and her friend went to go get coffee, and she turned around a corner, and she was in a rental car, and she hit the brakes, and her, her friend nearly hit the dash. And her friend said, what are you doing? And she said, I can't believe it. And her friend said, what? And she goes, look. And there was a home smiles van across oh, the
0: street. don't you
1: love it? Oh, my goodness. <laughs>
2: And, and she called – she called – she called. She knows John very well, and she called John and I, and she was literally crying. And she said, Aww. Dad, you told me this was going to happen someday. <laughs> so we are absolutely thrilled about uh, being involved with this company. Right now, it feels a little bit like we're holding on to a rope attached to the bottom of the space shuttle. Uh, yeah, yep. growth is kind of hyper right now. Uh, and, you know, and that's, you know, due to, you know, one of the best things that we have done is, and I'm, this is not uh, a shameless plug for you. This is just the honest truth. One of the best things that we have done is just to team up with successful brokers like yourselves. What we found is that they are bringing us just the qualified, they understand our company. They understand the franchisees and, and the prospective candidates and what they need and they're, they're matchmakers right and -hmm. that's what we are finding is a huge part of our success is having the right candidates brought to our platform and we've also found that the brokers are extremely protective right they don't want to put their candidate uh, or their prospective franchisee in a situation where they're not going to succeed so they're only bringing qualified candidates to our table we really appreciate that and it's been a huge part of our success
1: well, you know, like I said before, I love partnerships. I love referral partners. I love collaboration. So because since I'm an independent broker, I am here all by myself in my home office. So it makes me feel like I'm part of the team when I work with you guys. So um, we're getting close to the end of the show. But if someone's listening and you really pique their curiosity about, about home smiles. Where would they find more information? Maybe it's about the service or about the franchise opportunity.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Well, obviously, they can turn to a broker like yourself that has access to all of our Item 19 FDD information, things along those lines. The easiest reach out is simply to go to homesmiles.com. There's a wealth of information on that website. We have an entire franchising tab that talks about why a Home Smiles franchise is right for you, the services that we, uh, excuse me, the sectors uh, that we service, uh, everything about our franchise, becoming part of our family. And then above and beyond that, if they'd like to uh, have some additional information or talk to either one of us personally, they can call us at 888-SMILE-11. Perfect.
1: So we're down to those final three questions, gentlemen. The first one is, if there is someone listening who's considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest that they do to prepare for the process?
2: My recommendation would be to team up with, and again, my recommendation would be to team up with a successful broker. The brokers understand the industry extremely well. And the thing that I find the most important is that they know what additional opportunities are out there. Okay, so they can present that candidate with multiple options. The reason why that's so important, Linda, is because neither, you know, I I can't think of a franchise out there, uh, you know, but specifically not for us. We we want the right candidates. We want people who understand what we do. Who understand the nature of our industry and our franchise, and they're excited to be a part of it, so we want people to have looked at every single option, turned over the stones and and, and, and make sure that when they're coming on board that they're one hundred percent committed. So I would say the best thing that they can do is team up with a with a qualified broker.
1: yeah, I appreciate that and and that is true because many people that come to me they don't really have a clue as to what industry are in, are represented with the franchise business model. So it you know and one of the reasons I do this show is just to educate people and let them know franchising is no longer just burgers and fries. It's so much more than that. So Absolutely. my next question here is and and I know that we've touched on this during the interview what are two traits that make a successful franchisee?
3: I'll take that one. Uh, an entrepreneurial spirit is top on the list. And, you know, that's, that's just what it takes. You know, you are starting the business. That's just a franchise, um, but you need, to, you need to have that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, you know, go-getter, never take no, um, never settle kind of attitude um, is pretty typical in an entrepreneur. Um, and the second one is a people person. Uh, this is a relational, a relationship-based industry, and um, we, you know, we could have the best product in the world, but if you can't communicate that in a way that uh, the clients understand that and and trust you, uh, it's going to be a very tough sell. Um, mm-hmm. So people, you know, a people person will succeed, you know, significantly over a a numbers person, let's say. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and you need both to make the business run, but you definitely have to have that people person in um, that's actually the face of the company. So uh, exactly. I, I agree with both of those. So the final question here is what does the future of franchising look like?
2: Can we throw that back at you, Linda? <laughs>
1: Well, um, I'll tell you what, why don't we all answer that? I'll answer because what I see is that there are so many industries, just as I said before, that are embracing that franchise business model that, and we just saw during the pandemic what a struggle independent business owners had when they were trying to stay on top of the ever-changing environment. And it and plus they were trying to keep their doors open. And being part of a franchise gives you that added support of a leadership team that can take care of whether it is renegotiating um, leases or whether it is passing down information as the government's changing it almost hourly. Um, I think that is. I think that is the future of the franchise business model. What are y'all's thoughts?
2: You know, I would, I would echo what you just said. I think, especially having just gone through COVID and, you know, for us here at the corporate office, our primary concern every morning, every afternoon, every evening was our franchisees. How can we best support them through this period? What type of uh, support can we provide to them, what type of guidance, what type of coaching. Um, and as we mentioned previously, thankfully, uh, the, indus- the maintenance industry had to continue for health and safety concerns. And so they had some, we had exceptions under, at least under uh, you know, multiple state laws to continue to operate. But that was our primary concern, to be there, to serve them, to assist them. Uh, sometimes just to calm them down and hold their hand and tell yeah. them it's going to be Okay. Um, you know, it's, I, I love your question because it, for me, uh, what I love about franchising is the fact that in, with a, with a single sole proprietorship company, I refer to it as a single piston motor. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you have one big one that piston continues to grow, but it's, it's still a single piston motor. Whereas with a franchise operation, Every time we add a new franchise here at HomeSmiles, it literally feels to me as if we're adding another cylinder to our engine mm. and mm. we are adding another problem solver to our engine because, you know, we think, hey, we're doing a, a pretty good job. We've got a great mousetrap here. And a franchisee will come on board and say, hey, have you thought about it doing it this way? Have you thought about this type of marketing campaign? Have you thought about this type of social media outreach? And they're constantly bringing new ideas to the table for us to continue to improve our process. And our mantra from day one has been to always be open-minded and receptive to those franchisee communications in order to, quote, improve our process. And, you know, we make that literally a whole page on our training manual is if you see something we could do better, we want to hear about it. If you have a better way to attack this, we want to hear about it. And we have, a meet, you know, we have multiple meetings every month. Uh, with you know not only our franchisee but also or excuse me our franchisees, but also their technicians, et cetera, all types of meetings, and we 're constantly getting that feedback from them and then improving our process and and for all of the franchisees in return so that 's what I love about it, and I think that that 's why franchising in and of itself. Uh, is, is, uh, you know, is, as they say, there's nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come. But I think that that's why franchising in and of itself is a better model than simply growing a company because of the fact that you have a whole bunch of entrepreneurial spirits out there that are all engaged in improving the company for the greater good.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree
2: 100%
1: with that. John, do you have something to add to this? You know, as you guys were talking, I was just
3: thinking it's, um, as Jess said, what can we do for the franchisees? That's that's on the top of our mind constantly. And one thing that a small, you know, a small sole proprietor can't do potentially is the business relationships um, and partnerships. And we've put together over the past several years, it's, it's been growing from day one, um, but it's the... Working with national brands, and you know, you have to be a you have to be the elephant in the room to even be able to have a seat at that table. And a sole proprietor probably won't be able to be brought into, you know, Marriott hotels to get um, a big a big uh, big corporate uh, contract to provide services for X number of hotels. And that's where we are. That's where I see a big benefit for the franchisees is the business development on a very large scale. Um, And that's, I I just see that growing uh, for our franchisees, you know, with no end in sight.
1: Yeah. You know, many times that independent business owner, to be honest, they don't have the marketing budget to get out there and really get there, make it, make a difference. You know, they depend on, you know, maybe a little ad in a local paper or they um, send out something in direct mail, or they depend on referrals, and referrals are great, but you can only, you you have to have the marketing budget to make the big things happen like that. You're not gonna get a whale of a client if you're working with a, a shoestring on the shoestring marketing budget, don't you think?
3: I agree completely. Yeah. Absolutely,
2: so absolutely.
1: Go ahead, Jeff.
2: I was also going to say that absolutely in in addition to that, you know, the sole proprietor working in, you know, San Francisco can't service LA. Right? We're right. now with Home Smiles, you know, we have, we have, you know, um real estate brokerages that are throughout the state of California. We can represent to them. We can rep we can handle any urban core metro you have within the state. And they're just, like, terrific. So now they're rolling us out through their entire platform, again, an opportunity that a sole proprietor wouldn't have the opportunity to take advantage of.
1: Most definitely. So, gentlemen, we're down to the end of the show. One more time, what are the websites where somebody can go and find out more information about HomeSmiles?
2: That would be www.homesmiles.com and we have a franchising tab right there on the top of our website which will tell you more than you have, you can get through in a day. And if you have any additional questions above and beyond that, you can always call our uh, toll-free number at 888-Smile11. And both John and myself can be reached via email at j, just the letter j, love at homesmiles.com and Jay Gerber at homesmiles.com.
1: Very good. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really look forward to staying in touch with you guys. And I think what you're doing is very innovative. And um, I think it's very timely, very timely.
2: Thank you, Linda. It's been an honor being on your show. And thank you very much for having us both.
3: Absolutely. Thank you, Linda. Absolutely.
1: So, as always, I'm going to leave you with a quote, and today that quote is, if you want to meet a beautiful home that is just right for you, take good care of the one you live in now. That's a quote by Marie Kondo, and she is an author. So, folks, thanks so much for joining me on All Things Franchising, and I look forward to seeing
0: you next time.